T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Spin rate. Save it. I'm <laughs> like, it's not spin rate, it's cheat rate. The payoff is line to deep left. That ball is high. That is far. It is gone. What a first at bat as a Yankee. Ron Coomer drills a high line drive in the lower deck and left. Kind of came out of nowhere, like so many things in baseball do. That's what's great about our game. You Just when you think you got it figured out and you know what's going to happen, not so much. And speaking of the ups and downs of a long season, it sounds like you're having one of the latter right now. Uh, no, I not okay? me, but I, I'm just fine. There was a spider behind me that's really had a down moment. So he's he's gone. He's no longer an issue. He's no longer an issue for me. I, Zach, I mean, did you want to chime in there? Yeah, I believe Coom officially placed the spider on the injured list. <laughs> Go figure. That's our game. You just never know. You know, I don't know if you recover from the injured list if you're a spider. Not sure of the spider training regimen. Um, I assume that spider ended up uh, deceased, but that's okay. I love talking to Ron Coomer, and we welcome him on a Sunday morning to hit and run right now on 670 The Score. Coom, good morning. I, I got to tell you, man, I am looking so forward to capping off this weekend. By sitting on the balcony tonight with a beverage as the sun sets, listening to you and Pat and Zach doing the ball game. Maybe I'll have it on the TV in the background, but Lord knows I don't want to listen to those jamokes on the national broadcast. I'll be with you, buddy. <laughs> and I'm, I'm We appreciate forward. it. Yeah, we appreciate it. Great to be with you this morning, Maddie. Um, it's always good. That's pretty funny. Yeah, that spider... He's on the permanent injured list. Yep, he, he didn't make it. As you know, when we have night games at Wrigley and there's nobody there, yeah. um, during this COVID situation, we get um, critters. You know, with the only lights on on the night games, so the the critters try to get into the booth. And um, Zach's a little frighty of the critters. Pat just blows them off, even if they're on his book. And I make a point of trying to eliminate the critters in the booth. So well, that's that's where that stands. <laughs> you're 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 the big strong athlete. In <laughs> no, the, I don't know about that. I'm just not a fan of them. And you know, it's either me or them, and they get the thumbs down. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not surprised that that gig has uh, has fallen to you. Yeah, that's a weird thing, man. What last game I did with you? What last road game right. at night? You know, it like it finishes and. You guys all go home, and then there's an like extra 35 minutes for postgame. And then I'm walking out of there. I felt like I was the only guy in the ballpark. It's a, that's a weird feeling. Yeah. 
That's you learn. I mean, it's just it's bizarre. Right now, last night, Saturday night, late Saturday night when we left the park, it's just it's almost eerie. I, I like walking down the concourse inside the park so you can see the field. But, you know, there's some great pictures to be taken yes. of Wrigley in that spot, as you know, and you've seen it. It's it's just it's a it's it's cool. It's sad to be doing the games this way, though. I have to admit that it's just, you know, you just never get a feel for the game. You know, you're at the mercy of, of monitors, Fox, you know, and their director pushing the right button so you can see if it's a home run or it's yes. not. Or, you know, I mean, it's just, it's you know, it's it's really unfortunate. I just can't wait till we get back to normal. And um, just, you know, it's, 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 you were there. You, you see it. It's, it's not a baseball game where, no, you know, it's it, almost like a video game. Right. And, and from, from the listener's perspective, we, you guys are so good and, and we don't usually notice that, that, that absence, but we feel it and we want you to be traveling too. Um, so hopefully everybody will. Yeah. Cause there, right. there was this thought process that maybe the corporations would be like, oh, I think we can just get away with this and not have to spend the money. No, no, no. The quality of the product, we, we feel it. And, and, and you need to be there and feeling it. I mean, it, what a different experience it would have been on uh, on Thursday night, Coom, if uh, right. you if you and Pat were there and able to watch from above and see all that play out yeah. when those guys didn't know it was a no hitter, you know? Right. I, yeah. You, you just you, there's so many things that you miss because you just can't you, you can't see them. You don't have the the you know ammunition or the tools in the toolbox to do the whole broadcast. I mean, you're sitting in front of two monitors, and that's just the way it is. And yeah. you know, but it, it you know what. Hey, we've all had sacrifices during COVID. We all know that. And if we were able for a period of time to bring some some normalcy to listening to a ball game on the air. And and I remember last year, you know, you think about last year in July, you know, starting the season. And we were just happy as hell to be doing a game, right? So, yep. you know, we've advanced to that point. But, yeah, let's talk about baseball. Yeah, that's, absolutely. There's yeah, some l- good l- stuff going on here in Chicago. You, you bet. Well, let, let me take you back to that, I, just because I want to ask um, about Thursday night. Let's listen to the end of, uh, of the no-hitter. And Craig Kimbrell, who we seldom get to hear talk a little bit, and then I want to ask you about it. And the 0-2. Swing and a miss. The Cubs have done it. A combined no-hitter for the first time in the long and legendary history of the Chicago Cubs. And the Cubs win the ball game by a score of four to nothing. Cubs are jumping up and down and hugging each other on the mound. When Willie gave a big fist pump, I knew something was up. And uh, then Tep ran out there and whispered in my ear. He's like, you have no idea what happened. And then Javi put me in a headlock and I knew pretty fast what had just happened. Um, I had no clue when I came into the game that we had no hitter. I really haven't. You know, we just the way everything worked out, we had, we had a good off day. Um, yesterday, uh, um, spent time with Zach yesterday. And so for him to come out here and throw the way he did tonight and then for our bullpen to come here, come in and just really just keep on doing what we've been doing all year. Um, I, I, it was, it's pretty cool. I, I thought there was, it was so much fun, Coom, to see Kimbrel, who we haven't really gotten to know very well, but to see him like, oh, wait, it's a no hitter. And then he kind of turned purple as yeah. he was, <laughs> and he realized he was kind of embarrassed. It's like, how is that possible that you can be so locked into the game? Have you been there? Have you been so locked into the game that you don't even realize what the greater context is of no, something like that? No, but the, but the deal is this. So there's a few things that happen. Um, the unwritten rule about 
being in the dugout or the or the probably the bullpen. I've never been in a bullpen during a ball game, right? So I mean, as a position player, you never go down there, you know. So the mm-hmm. the, the unwritten rule is you just don't talk about a no hitter, right? So so it's not like talked about. So then the guys in the bullpen, if you if you can think of Dodger Stadium, they're way in the back, and the the, the scoreboards are behind them, and they're looking at the game. So you're never really you know, and I don't even know from where they're sitting if they can see, actually see the scoreboards because the scoreboards or the, the, the bullpens are tucked underneath, you know, in, in left and right field. So, yeah. you know, they're like straight to your right or left. So I just don't know if you can see the scoreboard. So that's another factor. And for the bullpen guys, all they're watching for is a starter to have some issues or they know kind of their role, especially this bullpen you know, as, as you're getting a little deeper in the game and the Cubs have the lead, you kind of know who's going to get the phone call. So they're more concerned about that. So I can understand it somewhat um, that nobody really talked about it. And because nobody will talk about it on the bench either. That's for mm-hmm. sure. You know, that's it. So it's, it's, it's kind of a weird situation. Um, and you're on the road. So the fans weren't exactly getting into it either. You know, they were probably a little <laughs> upset, all 50,000 of them in Dodger Stadium. That was a really, really cool and fun, mm-hmm. um, memorable moment um, from Thursday night. Um, all right, let's talk about this team and, and where it stands right now. I, I, I love seeing this from Jason Hayward. I didn't necessarily expect it, you know? It, it, it's been mm-hmm. so frustrating to watch him, but here we are. Three games in a row with multiple hits, gets on base, seven plate appearances in a row. Are you seeing, are you seeing anything different, or is there some uh, baseball gods uh, and luck involved here as well? I would, I would say there's, there's a combination of all of it, right? We all need a little luck in our game yep. when you put a bat in your hand, right? I mean, we saw some, you know, like Bryant yesterday, line drive down the line, snared. You know, line drive to center field, snared. Another guy, you know, just just bullets and you get nothing for it. And then Turner gets a base hit the other way, beats the shift. And, you know, I could underhand the ball harder than he hit hit it for a base knock to drive in a run, which is a big hit. So you do need a little luck. But I think Jay's, Jay's approach here lately has been good. And you can tell because he's driving the baseball a little bit, right? You know, the home run down the line, um, fair or foul, none of us could see it. You know, and Rayburn... Um, I kind of agree. I was listening to you earlier. You know, he's had a rough series. And, yeah. you know, he couldn't see the call. And if he's the closest one, and he couldn't see it. Um, at Dodger Stadium, in his defense, at that time of the day, with all the shadows and the way the wall curves, you know, it's just a weird setting and a short wall. And you, the ball is in the stands, like the background. You know, so you're seeing a lot of white shirts. It's just a very tough call. So, you know, I think he's had a tough series. I don't think... That call, I would say, was a tough, you know, would be something I would get on him about because I think that was a really, a really hard call to make. Um, but it went against the Cubs. And But, hey, Jay, the thing I like, the home run the opposite way, the double down the line, staying on the ball, yep. um, and, and hitting some more line drives. To me, it's not about his ground balls. And that's what everybody, well, he's got to get launch angle. He's got to hit the ball in the air. Well, no, it, what he's doing is he's not squaring the ball up. He's not hitting the ball on a barrel. And to me, he's a big, strong guy. He just needs to barrel up the baseball. And I think if he hits the ball the other way more, he's going to get a little more timing. What we're seeing with Jay is him not barreling the ball up and breaking bat after bat after bat. And that means he's getting long and out and around the ball, and they're beating him inside and breaking his bat. 
you know, so a little shorter approach and staying inside the ball is what he's done these last three or four days. Yeah, it's been really nice to see. Um, Nico Horner is in Iowa. He, uh, I just saw him quoted as saying, oh, yeah, nice ballpark. He hasn't been there in a while. Um, but <laughs> he doesn't want Nor does to he want to stay there for too long. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But, you know, it's so it, and maybe Matt Duffy's close too. what what will it mean um, to a lineup to have two guys like that who seem to be a bit more focused on homers than bombs? Um, what kind of effect could that have to have? Those well, guys back? I, I think Nico is much closer than than uh, Duffy. Duffy, I think, is just barely doing uh, minimal baseball activity yeah. where Horner is playing games. So we're going to see Horner here soon. Um, I don't know if he'll if, if we'll see him in this um, next series or not, if he doesn't have a setback, but he will see him probably within the week. And it might even be quicker than that. Duffy is um, a little farther away. You know, he's got, you know, some some long baseball activity to get through before he's going to be back. But with that being said, those were the guys, along with Marisnik, um, who really helped the Cubs turn the corner in May with the offense, right? It became popular. They, they even nicknamed it the Duff. You know, to get a base hit the other way, it was cool all of a sudden to just get a base hit and beat the defense in the shifting and drive in a run or just get a base hit and keep the line moving, right? So Nico does that too, along with Duffy, very well. I love Nico's way that he hits the ball from line to line, right? So if, if you hang a breaking ball, he can hook it down the left field line. You throw him a fastball away or a cutter away, and he can shoot it down the right field line. And the defense has had a hard time playing him. Um, and then he's, you know, he, he's, he's got to be right up there in the top four or five defensive second baseman in the game right now. So there's that part of it, too. Um, he brings a big energy guy, brings a lot to the table. You know, it, it, it's one thing for, for me to say it and try to talk with, you know, some authority. I've never hit a baseball at the big league level when I right. say like when I say it seems like, you know, when guys do that, then other guys um, kind of get a little contagious with it. But you just said it like it it, it becomes cool to do the Duffy, to like, to do that. It's like, so that's, that's a real thing, right? I mean, it makes sense to me that like the peer pressure, not in a bad way, but just like, all right, yeah. we're, we're doing this. Like it just becomes, all right, let's right. just, let's just keep getting knocks. And all of a sudden you're making more contact and producing a little more. Like well, that. here's how, here's how you look at the game and you can, you can evaluate a really good team on what they do and, and how they try to win. Justin Turner yesterday hit a ball that he rolled through the right side of the infield and beat the shift against Milsey and drove in a run, and that's their number three hole hitter. Hmm. You know, so, so the mindset of winning teams is what is it going to take for me right now to help us win, right? And the Dodgers haven't been scoring a ton, um, just like the Cubs in this series, you know. So um, he, he got it done. He took an inside pitch as a right-handed hitter, a little two-seamer running in, and he totally went inside out the ball, right, to, to hit the ball in that hole on the right side to yeah. beat the shift. And to me, I tip my hat to guys because that's winning baseball. You don't always need to swing as hard as you can and try to hit the ball out of the yard. We all love three-run homers, but they don't always win games because you don't always get them. But you can get that little roller to the right side, and, and that, that was impressive by Turner the other day. Akum, um, happy Sticky Stuff Enforcement Week uh, to you. Um, <laughs> and uh, you know, I heard the clip. That was pretty funny. 
Yeah, yeah, spin rate. It's cheat yeah, rate. Yeah, cheat rate. <laughs> cheat rate. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah. You, you've been on it all year looking at those, like, those 55-foot uh, yeah. curveballs or 40-foot sliders. Yeah, lawn that... darts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, um, I mean, this is this is a good thing. Overall, the, the, the data so far is saying that spin rates are down, and yeah. we'll see how it plays out. we got a long ways to go, but I think – you know what's amazing? And Bryant said it a few days ago. Hitters bought into this idea that pitchers needed it to control the ball. And I no. loved Bryant saying the other day, that was a cop-out. I think that was his phrasing. It's like that was – so that that just wasn't true. But, like, hitters bought into it. Maybe for their teammates who were pitchers who were doing it, like they believed in that. I, I, I'm not sure how it worked, but it seems like hitters don't believe that's necessary. Anyway. They, well, they, they don't. And – they shouldn't, and the game has been played for a very long time without it, right? So yep. now all of a sudden, why? So guys can cheat the game and and throw harder and have better breaking balls because they're putting super glue on their fingers and the ball's sticking in their hand. Yeah. I mean, in the how many pitches have we seen before this past week bounce five feet in front of home plate? Mm-hmm. We had pitches in the Dodger series in Chicago a month ago that didn't make it to the dirt. I mean, seriously. So as an umpire, I look at it as an ex-player and go, well, obviously something's wrong. And the pitcher kicked the dirt, and I'm like, really? You kicked the dirt like it was the mound twice. I'm like, you've been pitching all your life, and now you can't figure out where your landing spot is with your foot? I don't think so. Yeah. You know, so I'm glad it's fixed or, or somewhat resolved. I know the pitchers are squawking about it a little bit, but um, it is what it is. And, you know, everybody's on, you know, everybody's playing fair. So I, I like what we're what we're getting to anyway. Hey, um, last thing, Coom, this is the kind of start that could get lost in the news cycle for people. Um, Jake Arrieta, a lot better than he has been over the previous nine starts. Uh, what did you see? You've, you've, you've gotten so good at seeing mechanical stuff with pitching. I remember you finding it with Kimbrel last year. Is there, is there something mechanical that, that, that Jake can work on? Because it had been a real rough go, but this was a good start, and I'm wondering what you think about him. I don't point. with Jake. I don't have anything I can put my finger on. Yeah. But when I watch him, I, you know, like – I, I look at results for Jake because I just strictly look at it from the hitter's perspective, right? How I would try to attack Jake Arietta or Clayton Kershaw tonight. That's when, and you know this, when we've talked in the booth about reports and scouting reports and what I, how I try to evaluate a pitcher. Um, but for Jake, because he's so unique by throwing the ball so far across his body, I think it's a very tough delivery to repeat and the release point of the baseball. So that's the issue. And I, I really feel like when Jake gets in a groove and finds that release point over and over with the two-seamer, mm-hmm. then he can throw it on both sides of the plate. And when he can, when he can throw it for a strike when he wants to, um, he's really tough to hit. Because now he's got the ball moving almost like a wiffle ball. And then he throws his cutter. And you can't cover both the ball going both ways with him because you just don't pick the ball up well enough. So it was encouraging. He's throwing a little better. Um, you hope that he can settle into a groove where he finds that release point. Uh, for me, that's what I see, you know, and, and, uh, and just throws, throws more good quality strikes with that two-seam fastball. 
Coom, great stuff as always. Appreciate the time. I will pour one for you on my balcony tonight, uh, though you'll be working. But it'll it'll be there uh, after the game if if you want to. Very, very nice. You can you can send me a picture. Enjoy enjoy a nice Sunday evening here in Chicago. Looks like we're gonna have nice weather and uh, hopefully we get a Cubs win. But great to be with you, Matty. All right, thanks, Ron. That's Ron Coomer uh, right there from the Cubs broadcast crew and as i mentioned i'll be listening to them tonight that is for sure coom joined us on the circa resort and casino hotline circa resort and casino in las vegas home of the world's largest sports book later on in the hour we will round out the show with just a really beautiful baseball story from one of the big market behemoths um and you might not think of them as super kind historically i know i don't but this is a great great story but when we come back really weird tweet last night that seemed to further a rumor on the White Sox. We need to talk about that. And the manager addressed it before the game today. So we'll do that next. Coming up on Hit and Run right here on 670 The Score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. May not be a bad way to go if we can make it work. That one gets by Pham and reaches the wall. They're going to send Redick around third. Machado's relay. Cannot be handled by Rivas, and Reddick scores all the way from first, and the Diamondbacks are on the board. Fastball right out over the plate. Eduardo drilled it deep to left center, and it's gone! Eduardo Escobar! Diamondbacks all over Denelson Lamette. It's 4-0. Digs that one out of the dirt. Long run for Grisham, and that drops in. Escobar, three for three, and a triple shy the cycle. That is not going to be a triple. It does drop into left. Merrill Kelly coming around. Escobar, four for four. It's eight-nothing D-back. About that. Eduardo Escobar with a massive game for the Diamondbacks yesterday as they won their first road game after 24 road losses. It is hit and run right here on 670 The Score. The Score's venerable baseball show. Cubs and Dodgers tonight in the finale there. Alzali and Kershaw, you'll hear that on The Score later. 
Uh, pre-game at what, about 6.35, I do believe. And 5.30, thank you very much. Oh, an earlier game, that's right. 5.30 with a 6 o'clock first pitch, 6.05 first pitch or so. Also, um, Cody Decker on at 5, down the line with Cody Decker at 5 Down the line with Cody Decker will be on at 5 o'clock. Uh, another baseball show these days here on The Score. Um, and also before that, the White Sox will play. They will pick up their suspended game from yesterday, start in the fourth inning of that at about 110 today. Dallas Keuchel will get that, quote, start, unquote, for the six remaining innings of that game. Uh, and then after that, it'll be 25 to 30 minutes off, and then a TBD for the second game for the White Sox. By the way, Hector Santiago for the Mariners getting the quote start unquote in that first game, picking up the suspension. He's been good for the Mariners since they picked him up 11 straight scoreless innings. The news yesterday though, was Bob Nightingale tweeting the following about Eduardo Escobar's big game. The highlights of which you heard on the way in here on hit and run. Here's the tweet. Eduardo Escobar four for five with a double and a Homer and five RBIs. And soon on his way from the D-backs to the White Sox, comma, is about to end the D-backs 24 game, blah, 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 blah. There was other stuff. What? Huh? Right there in the middle of the tweet? After comma number three is a sentence fragment? And soon on his way from the D-backs to the White Sox. That is Nightingale hinting at a possible eventual trade that he had hinted at last week. And ooh, that's interesting. Eduardo Escobar is a free agent to be making seven and a half million dollars. So the prorated portion of that is not much. He has 17 home runs. I believe his WRC plus that's the weighted runs created plus is 111 on a scale of 100. He's having a better season than most as a infielder. He can play short. He can play third. He's been playing a lot of second and he's been good. He would not be the end-all upgrade for the White Sox. I think they need outfield help more and a good outfield bat more. But his presence would allow Lurie Garcia to be more in the outfield. And there's no reason you couldn't still go get an outfield bat after that. So Eduardo Escobar, uh, courtesy of Bob Nightingale, who usually knows White Sox things inside and out and has been correct many, many a time, when a lot of us wondered whether it could be true. There's no reason to doubt Bob anymore on White Sox news. So before the game, our man Bruce Levine asked Tony LaRussa about it. Tony, I know it's not uh, fair or realistic to expect uh, updates about where the team's at on making trades, but you know there was a report out there by uh, Bob Nightingale today saying that the White Sox are close to making a deal. Are you uh, still as confident as you were on Friday? when uh, you talk to us about uh, the fact that uh, the team will be able to add something uh, to the, uh, the mix pretty soon? Well, if my memory's <clears throat> excuse me, my memory's right, I was confident that they're going <clears> to <throat> work very hard to help. And I think I used the word reasonable. So, I mean, I, I don't know that something reasonable can be done. I just know for the least last at least two two weeks or so, the way uh, Kenny and Rick and and their uh, their teammates up there work, you know, they're looking and preparing and making quite, uh, phone calls. So that's that's what I'm confident that they're trying their best to help us. Uh, if it's not reasonable, then we go with what we got. 
So, uh, yeah, they're definitely trying, and I think they will make a move. And the thing about Eduardo Escobar, it's not going to cost you a lot. I mean, really. It, 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 it'll be a prospect, um, maybe two, or you might be able to get away with some cash considerations if you want to do it that way, knowing the White Sox and what they've done recently. They probably don't want to do it that way. But, I mean, what are we talking about? Luis Gonzalez, the outfielder, who was up and showing some capabilities. Hey, the Diamondbacks had success with a, a different Luis Gonzalez. You know, but we're talking about lower-tier prospects. They're, obviously, you're not going to be give, uh, giving up Yelky Cespedes. I don't think you have to give up Micker Adolfo to get Eduardo Escobar. I mean, I suppose you could consider Blake Rutherford. You've held on to him a long time. You don't have to give up Gavin Sheets to get Eduardo Escobar. Uh, you don't have to give up Jared Kelly to get Eduardo Escobar. Some of those guys who I've mentioned could end up in a package for an outfielder if you need one. Look, if Eloy Jimenez's month of baseball activities doesn't go well and you realize you're definitely going to need an outfielder of consequence, then you can shift to, you know, real bona fide outfielders of consequence. But, you know, rentals. I would do rentals for low prospect capital is what I would do if I were the White Sox. This is, um, this is something that's going to get repeated. That, that's the thing. This is going to get repeated for the next few years. You're going to be going out there and getting reinforcements because you are being a buyer. You are a contender and you should be a contender for the next few years, which means you will be a buyer. And you'll end up needing things you did not expect to need. There is no way that any of us thought you might need a right-handed relief pitcher. But where things stand right now, by the time the deadline comes, I fully expect and would be disappointed if they do not acquire either an outfield or infield bat of consequence for some depth and a right-handed reliever. I think they'll get both. They might get three. This is what contenders do. So, yeah, I would, go, I would go ahead and grab Eduardo Escobar. And if I were a White Sox fan and I saw that, I wouldn't freak out and say, man, I wish they got outfield depth instead. I'd be like, okay, maybe they'll still do that. Maybe they'll still do that. I don't know. Because you, you have Eaton still injured. He's going to come back. I could totally see them excusing not going and getting outfield depth because of the injuries that they have and being like, well, Eloy's coming back and Robert's coming back and Eaton's coming back. And then you have Ingle and but Hamilton who's, I, who I know, provide depth. But it's one thing to like not address DH in the offseason because you've got Vaughn and because you've got others. And I know that upset a lot of Sox fans, maybe upset you too. I understood it. But, it, but it's one thing to do that when there's no games, but right now games are being played and you are winning or losing on a daily basis depending on the productivity of some of these guys. And that eats at you in a different way. So, I, I look, they will get either... The, the beauty of Mendick um, and Leori Garcia especially is that you can do either. You, you can do either. You don't have to do both necessarily. So, but they still could. And, and you'll have, I mean, you were the one talking about it a couple hours ago. If they, they might not have clarity on Eloy by the time the deadline comes. And if they don't have clarity on Eloy and Robert, then they will definitely have to go out and get a bat. We'll see where Eaton is. We'll see where Angle is. But I, I don't think that they would approach a potential offseason without Eloy and Robert in looking at an outfield of where Angle, Vaughn, 
Eaton, Billy Hamilton, and Garcia is your mix, that is not a playoff contender outfield, and they know it. And I don't think that they would approach it that way. It's buying time. So um, l- l- let's see. I would go ahead and, um, and do Escobar if I were them, and then maybe still an outfielder depending on how things play out. 670, the score is where you are. Texter says he prefers Adam Frazier. Absolutely. Adam Frazier making less but has an extra year of control and is a better hitter, better overall hitter and player than Escobar. Escobar's got a lot more pop, but as a straight rental, the prospect cost will be a lot less. Um, and Richard Rodriguez from Pittsburgh. Yeah, that, that, that dude, that's the best closer available. So he's going to cost a decent amount. You're talking about premium guys with Frazier and Rodriguez. And I don't know if the White Sox are going to be giving up doing that. Joey Gallo is indeed heating up in Texas. I'm not a fan of that offensive profile added into the mix. I'd rather have somebody who makes a bit more contact than Gallo, but that's me. He is, as a lefty, somebody who hammers right-handed pitching, which would be helpful for you. So I understand that allure. That is for sure. But this is exciting. This is the good stuff. This is the good stuff as a contender to be ready to buy and looking for it. Hit and run here on 670, the score. A couple of great stories I want to make sure that we get to. One Cubs related and one from a big market behemoth um, with a beautiful PR move. We'll do both of those Heading up and towards the top of the hour. If you want to hop in via text, you can do it at 312-644-6767. And if you want to hop in via phone, you can do it that way, too, for a moment or two. Uh, Heading you towards noon on 670 The Score. It's Hit and Run with me, Matt Spiegel. Keep it right here. A ball and a strike to Shohei. Four homers on the homestand. And a home run here in Tampa St. Pete. That didn't take long. Oh, man. Too sexy for the catwalk. One nothing Halos gotcha. Now that's a leadoff swing for Shohei Otani, 24th home run. Just like we talked about in the opening, the fans loving it for Shohei doing some damage after he starts a game and a smile on his face. You have to smile when you hit a ball that far. Shohei Otani. Gooby, he's not playing the same game. Look at this up on the catwalk. That's where the dude goes to change the light bulbs. <laughs> Batting almost 550 over the course of the 10-game hitting streak. And I do my little turn on the catwalk. Yeah, on the catwalk. On the catwalk. Yeah, I do my little turn on the catwalk. Man, I call out Matt Veskersian when he's bad on Sunday nights. I got to give him credit for that call in real time. I mean, on the money. Too sexy for the catwalk as the ball is hitting the catwalk. That's quick thinking, sir. And a very fun call. Give me more of that. Give me more of that. Also, uh, please know by tonight that Craig Kimbrell has always thrown a curveball. Please have that in your back pocket. Please have that uh, corrected by you or by somebody you work with. But anyway, that was enjoyable. And Shohei Otani is an absolute freak. Do we have an official field for Home Run Derby? I feel like I have seen just kind of uh, uh, dribs and drabs of this guy's doing it, that guy's not doing it, this guy's doing it, that guy's not doing it. I know Trey Mancini is in, the cancer survivor. 
the best player on the Baltimore Orioles, or one of them anyway, apologies to Cedric Mullins, who's been amazing in center field for them. But Mancini's in, Otani is in. Um, I know Tatis is not. Is that right? I don't know. We've got time. July 13th is the All-Star Game. That means Monday, July 12th will be the Derby, and I'm excited about it because there's a, a ridiculous array of young and powerful humans in MLB right now. And Otani is just an absolute freak. Before I get to the two stories I uh, mentioned that I would get to, uh, some texts coming in. Some textures prefer Joey Gallo. Highest his strikeout to walk rate has ever been. Well, the other way. Walk out to walk to strikeout rate. He's got a walk rate around 20%. I think he would fit well. So textures are in on Gallo. And they note that he's playing right field with a good arm, a very good right field defensively. I don't know if I'd call him a very good right fielder, but it is right field as a possibility. So we'll give him that. Because a lot of the other outfielders we're looking at have not played a lot of right field. I love Starling Marte, but he's historically played almost all center and a little bit of left. So you'd still have to, to fill in in right along the way. Real quick, Tatis and Vladdy said no, they are not doing the home run derby. So those two are out. So Tatis is a no. Vladdy's a no. Mancini's a yes. Otani is a yes. You know what they ought to ask is Babe Effing Ruth. Because Cal Schwarber is ridiculous. I know he's done it before, but yeah. Woo! This Kyle Schwarber run is preposterous. There's a lot of folks they could ask. Let's go to the phone lines and talk to Scott in Highland, Indiana on Hit and Run right here on 670 The Score. What do you say, Scott? How are you? I'm very good. How are you guys? Very good. Thank you. Yeah, good. Hey, I was just calling to talk about the Cubs. You guys were mentioning uh, when you were talking about the Brewers pitching staff a while a while back about their K's per nine versus the Cubs. And Cubs seem like a team with a lot of swing and miss. And mm-hmm. they were projected to be a 500 team at the beginning of the year. And clearly the bullpen and the pitching staff is outperforming expectations. And I'm just wondering, if you're Jed Hoyer looking at this situation, you've been talking about the Sox investing uh, with the Cubs with a bunch of people in their walk years. What are you, what are you looking at? What, how do you make that decision? In terms of uh, in terms of invest in terms of the trade deadline for Hoyer here, yeah. In terms of investing in the team or just saying, you know what, this because when you look at May, they were lights out. June, they're a 500 team. Yeah. And so I'm just I'm just wondering, they're outperforming expectations. Seems like reality setting in a little bit, and I'm just wondering, do they invest or? I mean, they don't have much time before the deadline. No, yeah, they've got to make some decisions. They got about a month. They need Nico Horner and hopefully Matt Duffy back because those guys change the lineup, like we've been talking about, like I talked about with Ron Coomer at the beginning of the hour. Uh, but to your point, there's no way that they're selling. I I don't think that there is a pivot coming where they sell on Baez or on Bryant or on Rizzo. I don't think you can do that in a year like this where the division is possible and now the crowds are back and you're enjoying having the crowds back and you've shown that you are capable of being a contender in this division at the very least. You'd have to have a really massive slide over the next 20 to 25 days in order to do that. And I don't see that coming. Um, I, as for buying, I think they'll at the very least, they'll be standing pat. At the very least, they'll be standing pat. And at best, go out and get a starting pitcher. I'll be shocked if they don't go out and get a starting pitcher of some kind, no matter what. It depends on the caliber. 
you know, are you going to go out and spend the prospect uh, capital to go get John Gray or Kyle Gibson, um, Jose Barrios, if the Twins are willing to, to part with him? Those would be some very interesting names. If they don't go get one of those three guys and they go, they aim a little lower, they'll get somebody. They'll, they'll get somebody. Because I don't think you can bank on Trevor Williams coming back and, and giving you a lot necessarily. Alec Mills, you know, scuffled through four. I think they'll add a starting pitcher of some kind between now and the deadline. And I do not think that they will sell. Great story by Gordon Wittenmeyer about a catcher in the Cubs system who um, ended up breaking his ankle and pivoting to become a uh, to become a groundskeeper out in Arizona in the Cubs system. Really, really good story and heartwarming. A guy who's now 32, 33 years old and has really found a way, has really found a way to make himself an important part of the organization. So check that out. But the story that I wanted to share with you is this. In 1961, a 10-year-old girl wrote a letter to the New York Yankees expressing her dream of wanting to be a bat girl. She loved the Yankees at age 10 in 1961. She sent them a letter, and she got a letter back from the GM at the time saying, Many thanks for your nice letter. While we agree with you that girls are certainly as capable as boys... I am sure you can understand that it is a game dominated by men. A young lady such as yourself would feel out of place in a dugout. Again, many thanks for writing and for your interest in the Yankees. So she was denied the opportunity. She still loved getting the letter back, and she's had that letter posted up on her bulletin board for 60 years. She's 70 years old now. And at age 70, her daughter caught wind of something the Yankees were doing called Hope Week. And she wrote a letter to the Yankees telling them about the situation with her mother, who's now 70 years old. And the Yankees got that letter from this woman's daughter, and they arranged a Zoom. And in a Zoom phone call with Brian Cashman and Garrett Cole And this woman, Gwen Goldman, who had been 10 when she wrote that letter, and this woman's daughter, all in this big group Zoom call, Brian Cashman read the contents of a letter that he has written back to Gwen Goldman. Listen to this. Dear Gwen, several weeks ago, I was forwarded an email that originated from your daughter, Abby, that grabbed my attention. Attached to her current day correspondence was a photo of a letter addressed to you with a date marked June 23rd, 1961. It was typed on the New York Yankees letterhead and written by the general manager who once sat in the chair I now occupy. Although your long ago correspondence took place 60 years ago, six years before I was born, <laughs> I, I feel compelled to resurrect your original request and do what I can to bring your childhood dream to life. Here at the Yankees, We have championed to break down gender barriers in our industry. It is an ongoing commitment rooted in the belief that a woman belongs everywhere a man does, including the dugout. And despite the fact that six decades have passed since you first aspired to hold down the position as New York Yankees Batgirl, it is not too late to reward and recognize the ambition you showed in writing that letter to us as a 10-year-old group. (laughs) Some dreams take longer than they should 
to be realized, but a goal attained should not dim with the passage of time. On behalf of the entire organization, it would be my great honor for you to join us for our game on Monday, June 28th versus the oh Los Angeles God. Angels to serve as our honorary Batgirl for the day. <laughs> I have a daughter myself and it is my sincere hope that every girl be given the opportunity to follow her aspirations into the future. Thank you for being such a devoted and lifelong Yankee fan. And I look forward to seeing you out on the field at Yankee Stadium next week. Warm regards, Brian Cashman, Senior Vice President and General Manager. Wow, Mr. Cashman. Thank you so much. What a beautiful little story that is. My God, I just think that's awesome. Good job by the Yankees. I haven't said that much in my life, but that's really cool. Um, This just broke moments ago. The finalists for the All-Star starters have been announced. So several Cubs and White Sox among the finalists who will now get voted on for the Cubs. It's Anthony Rizzo, Javier Baez, Chris Bryant, Jock Peterson, and Wilson Contreras. For the White Sox, Yasmani Grandal, Jose Abreu, and Yoan Moncada. Phase two of the fan voting starts tomorrow morning. There are three finalists for all the infield spots, nine in the outfield, and three will be voted starters there. So keep voting. And that's pretty cool to have that much representation for both the Cubs and the White Sox in our two-team town. Hope you enjoyed Hit and Run today. I always do. CBS Sports Radio is up next. My name is Matt Spiegel. Thank you to Sean Anderson, doing a great job producing, as he always does. Thank you to Ron Coomer, who was our only guest on the show. White Sox have 16 innings of baseball actually 13 innings of baseball coming up a little bit later in the day and then tonight at 5 30 it'll be cubs pregame that's after cody decker takes you down the line at five o'clock i'm back with parkins tomorrow and all week on parkins at spiegel on the score have a wonderful sunday everybody and for a texture who asked what my beverage of choice will be tonight on the balcony glenlivet 12 join me if you will during the ball game have a great day everybody see you later It's game number 162 of the 2004 championship season. Hi again, friends, along with a man who loves an Orange Julius every now and then, Steve Stone. Chip Carey back at the ballpark, and Rafael Fercal looks at a ball low. Ed Rapuano, the home plate umpire for Greg Maddox today. He's seeking his 16th win. And that is not a misspelling on the back of his Reds jersey. He is the first and only major leaguer whose last name ends in X in the history of the game. How about that? T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.